0: So, said the young priest, I think that I'm the man you're looking for. Oh, I hope so, I said to him. Oh, Lord, I do hope you are. That's the opening to Underground Airlines by Ben H. Winters. I'm Nathan Alderman, and this is Recently Read. I live just outside of Charlottesville, Virginia. My sons were born there. A little more than two years ago, Nazis and white supremacists descended on Charlottesville to protest the city council's attempts to take down statues of Confederate Generals Stonewall Jackson and Robert E. Lee. The protesters killed one woman, 32-year-old Heather Heyer, and injured numerous others, including 20-year-old DeAndre Harris, who helped teach music to special ed school kids. Heyer was mown down when a white supremacist drove his car into a crowd of unarmed, nonviolent counter protesters. Harris was surrounded by a club-wielding mob, and beaten bloody, in the parking garage my wife and I use when taking our kids to the weekend farmer's market. The Lee and Jackson statues had been erected in the 1920s, amid a rash of laws from the Virginia legislature designed to strip non-white Virginians of their constitutional rights. The Ku Klux Klan marched through Charlottesville to celebrate the Lee statue's arrival in 1924, and speakers at its dedication unfurled rhapsodic odes to the valor of the Confederacy. The statues still stand, protected by a much-amended law originally passed in 1904 that forbids communities in Virginia from removing war memorials. Two years prior, in 1902, Virginia had instituted a new constitution whose poll taxes and fees disenfranchised more than 100,000 non-white Virginians. 400 years ago, in 1619, the first African slaves arrived in North America, here in Virginia. The New York Times recently ran an exceptional series of essays named for that fateful year, tracing how the bloody chains of slavery trail behind nearly every aspect of modern American society. I thought a lot about that series and the statues while reading Ben Winter's Underground Airlines, a harrowing and thrilling novel set in a present-day United States where slavery remains legal in a handful of southern states, the so-called Hard Four. Victor is an escaped slave. He hunts other formerly enslaved escapees for the United States government in order to stay free, shackled by the tracking chip attached to his spine. His enemy? The Underground Airlines, a decentralized network of agents and baggage handlers who move people from enslavement to freedom in Canada. Victor's constructed a labyrinth of false identities for himself as part of his grim duty, masks he can don and remove in a blink. He's good at his job. No one can hide from him for long. And no matter how he layers his identity victor can never hide from himself when victor picks up his newest case an escaped person bound to labor named jackdaw he knows that something feels different wrong his handlers are hiding something the first half of the novel follows victor as he balances his pursuit of jackdaw with his awkward kind entanglement with the troubled stranger and her son here winters does an outstanding job of building up the layers of procedure bureaucracy, and terminology that American society has used, like Victor and his false faces, to put distance between itself and the nightmare it tolerates in the hard four. The book's second half systematically tears those bandages off, strip by strip, sending Victor and his new friend on an Orphean descent into hell. As Victor gets closer to the truth behind Jackdaw and deeper into the shiny, modernized, sanitized system of slavery that allows the hard four to prosper while the rest of the country dwindles, the book brings us and Victor closer to understanding who he really is and what he'll do to survive. The book moves quickly. It has to, because if it stops in any place too long, the accumulated horror it's built up begins to crush you. Winters' imagination, though never lurid or exploitative, is diabolical. We see the excuses and compromises people make to live and prosper from others' misery. We see how things that were in our world, the tools of black liberation, songs of hope, and underground railroad, get twisted in Victor's world into tools that keep people enslaved and oppressed. I kept thinking, this would make an amazing HBO series. I also kept thinking that I felt like I was suffocating. Only after I finished the book did I realize why it felt so familiar, In Victor's narration, Winters pays homage to Ralph Ellison's Invisible Man, whose nameless protagonist also uses calm, measured detachment to mask the anguish that roils within him. The scariest thing about underground airlines isn't how different Winters' imagined world is from our own, but how similar. Winters is as white as I am, so maybe he's not the best qualified person to write about these matters, any more than I'm qualified to talk about them. But I found the book a searing exercise in empathy that lingered with me long after I finished. It served as yet another reminder that we Americans aren't done reckoning with the Confederacy, and it certainly isn't done with us. But after a novel's worth of drowning in inescapable terror and misery, the book's ending, with its distant glimmer of hope, feels like coming up for air.